with uh, hymn number 16, To God Be the Glory. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord.
good praise in your song tonight to the Lord as we thank Him for all He has done for us. And we come, dear friends, brothers, and sisters, tonight that we can rejoice and say that our lives, we want to be to His glory. We want to be all for His praise. And that is our prayer. Let's come before the Lord tonight in prayer. Father, what rejoicing there is and privilege given to us once more to come and to begin this worship service with a song and a hymn of praise. And we ask, dear Father, that we have sung with our hearts to Thee. Lord, we know that You are so worthy of much more than these human lips can bring and give. And Father, at the beginning of our service tonight, we ask again for the necessary help of the Holy Spirit in our worship. We are thankful, Lord, for the fact that we are found here in the place of prayer. We're found in the place where the name of Jesus Christ is exalted. And that's what our desire is, Lord. And we know that it is ultimately and fully of grace that finds us here We're not because of our goodness, not because of anything that we have deserved even to be in this place. But Lord, we know it's all of grace. And so we can say tonight, for by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, Lord, we give the praise and the thanksgiving of our souls. And we ask that tonight we would be closed in with Yourself. And that, Lord, we would know the Holy Spirit ministering the Word of God to our soul. As we read the Word, as we meditate on its truth, as we look into it in greater detail, that, Lord, there will be great blessing to every believing heart. Lord, we are again mindful of those who may be unsaved and how that effectual calling and that work of grace must be done deep in the soul. And it's not, Lord, a work that we can do. We are only messengers. We can only point to the Lord Jesus, but we acknowledge, Lord, the work of salvation is a divine work. It's a sovereign work. It is a work of the Spirit of God. And so, Lord, we are asking tonight to come and save, to come and reveal the Lord to the hearts of those people perhaps in this meeting physically or else watching our service online tonight. Dear Lord, do a mighty work. We ask again for Your blessing and comfort to be upon those who are mourning and grieving the loss of loved ones. We again bring Mrs. Lewis, our sister Rhea, to You tonight. And Lord, as they are traveling back to Holland, bless Mahar, bless Richard, and be with the entire family as they will go to be with others in the family. And they will know very much the presence and help of the Savior in the funeral service and all the details, and that, Lord, the name of Christ would be lifted up 
in this. Remember Brother Cranston tonight in prayer. We pray for him physically and also encouraging spiritually. Remember Brother John Bodner. Lord, encourage his heart and bless him and touch him physically. Remember others in our own congregation that we continually bring to the throne of grace. And we're thankful, Lord, for the evidences of answers, for the grace that has been given. And we pray that there will be poured out a double portion of blessing upon them. And that, Lord, in every need, whether it's physical or spiritual, dear God, meet that need. And as a congregation, Lord, we give ourselves and devote afresh our lives for this incoming year. We do not know, Father, what will be in front of us. We don't know what challenges. We don't know what trials. But we ask, Father, that we will be kept in the center of Your perfect will and that we will not stray away. We will not wander off into our own pathway. We will be kept, Lord, by sovereign grace. And dear Lord, we want that our stand will be taken faithfully for the Master in these evil times. We don't know, Lord, as we look around us in our country and we see the moral depravity going on and we see our governments bent on evil, we ask again, Father, for Your intervention and to give to us God-fearing people in high places And Lord, that You would stop the evil intention of our rulers, overrule, change their minds, change their hearts. Lord, according to Your perfect will, allow Christians and the believers faithful to the Word of God to excel, to go forward, to bear a witness in our day. And Lord, help us all I pray to be soul winners for Christ. Lead us to some soul that needs a witness, a testimony. Make use of us, Lord, in ways that we perhaps never even suspected. And give us grace. And give us the Spirit to be able to speak a word in season to a weary heart. Dear Father, hear the prayers of our soul tonight. Make use of us, bless us, revive us, we ask, so that we will walk daily in fellowship, in joy, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling us to live above the world. Hear our prayer now. Bless us, we ask. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Number 397, I know whom I have believed. Let's stand again as we sing.
Please turn with me for our congregational reading to 1 Samuel chapter 2. First Samuel chapter 2, the first 11 verses. The context of this portion of the Word, well, it has to do with Hannah, who had prayed very much that she would be given a son, and God heard her prayer, and she is returning now to give her thanksgiving song, and it is well worthy of our meditation And there are words to encourage our hearts here. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor, and maketh rich. He bringeth low, and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. What a song that Hannah was able to say and a prayer of worship, of thanksgiving unto God. And there is much food for thought in the majesty, in the sovereignty of God. We look around us in the world and often you see that the ungodly seem to get the upper hand. They seem to be on the ascendancy. But Hannah could see through all that because she had the eye of faith. And she saw that though the wicked might think they prevail, it is but a brief time and they actually will be on the underside because it's the Lord who overrules. 
He is the one that exalts and lifts up. He is the one who puts down. Let us rest in Him, for He is the rock of our salvation. He is our strong foundation. And other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. And that is our hope and our joy uh, tonight. Well, we want to welcome you all to our evening service. We're very glad that you're here. And what a better way could there be but starting a new year than to be in the house of God. And of course, there's no better thing on any Lord's Day but to be in the house of the Lord. And uh, today is a special day in that sense. So we welcome you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to see the women of Chandran's with us tonight. You're very welcome. We're happy that you're here uh, this evening. And if you're visiting with us online for the first time tonight, well, you are very welcome. And to those who are near and far, who join us on a regular basis for our services, you are very, very welcome. And we say before, and we'll say it again, that if there's any way in which we can minister by way of prayer, there's some question that you have, you can email us by the email that will come up sometime through the service on the screen, and you'll be able to send us an email. We can have a record of your visit and your stay with us. Mentioned this morning, and we do so again tonight, a word of condolence to our sister, Mrs. Rhea Lewis, in the loss of her dear mother, who went to be with the Lord over in Holland, and she was 94 years of age, and she passed into the presence of her Lord and Savior. And so Rhea and Maher and their son Richard have headed overseas to be with the family during this time, so please do remember them before the Lord. We met around the Lord's table this morning for our time of communion and just remembering the Lord's death in His own appointed way. I emphasize to every believer, let us never take it for granted the privilege God gives us to be around His table. It's only for time, for this table passes away when we go to glory. There will be no more a table of remembrance, but it will be then in real time, in the real time of being with our Lord Jesus. And so let's always count the special times of being with the Lord around His table. I mentioned to you today that we will be doing away with, for the most part, the sealed containers for our communion service. We've been using them since the time of COVID. And a few people going out this morning were very thankful to hear that announcement, for they wanted to get back into the old way of having the bread and the cup. And uh, the first time it's happened to me this morning, I couldn't even get the top cellophane lid open on the little container. It was a, a, a stuck one, it seemed. And so those problems, the only disadvantage that I have is that you have a lot more time to do it when uh, you get the cup distributed to you and you can begin to work on peeling that cellophane back. But it was a little difficult this morning. Well, anyways, if you still want to make use of those, you are welcome to do that uh, when we have our communion times. And you can speak to one of our elders and they'll give you instructions as to how, if you still want to maintain using the sealed cups, you are very welcome uh, to do that. 
Please remember our services this week on Wednesday evening, our prayer meeting and Bible study. And our brother Alec Newell, one of our elders, will be taking the service this Wednesday at 7.30. And then next Lord's Day, our services, our Sunday school has taken a break for two Lord's Days, but we'll be recommencing this coming uh, Sabbath day. And uh, that will be at 9.55, classes for all ages, and our morning service at 11, the evening one at 6.30. And I trust to be back with you. Uh, Jill and I will be traveling down to North Carolina just to visit the family for a few days this week. We're leaving early tomorrow morning and then coming back, Lord willing, on Friday. So we appreciate your prayers for travel at this time. Remember Brother James Fraser, he's ministering the Word in Port Hope tonight. Brother Daniel Simam was there this morning sharing the Word. And do remember again Brother Cranston in your prayers. I read a thank you note from him this morning in the service. He's so appreciative of the prayers of God's people here. And uh, we have good fellowship with our brother, and we want to see him restored back as soon as the Lord allows that. Please remember the upcoming week of prayer, January 23rd to the 27th. This always has provided itself a highlight to our whole year, as a matter of fact, and certainly for the beginning of our year. And so from Monday to Friday night, each evening, from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, we gather for prayer, and we'll have you out, and we will have a, some times of fellowship, uh, some coffee and tea on some of the nights, but we'll let you know in advance if you'd like to stay behind uh, for that. The offering envelopes that we have traditionally given out to everyone in the church, well, they are available again this year, and we've just got them for everyone who had an offering number and uh, some folks don't use them anymore because of making their contributions online and doing it other ways. But if you still would like to have those, they're available at the back. Now, the only problem is you have to know your number because the names are not on the envelope boxes this time. So if you have any questions about that, you can speak to one of our deacons and they'll be able to help you with that. I think those are all the ministry announcements. Oh, I wanted to remind you of this. This morning we gave you out a little memento about the motto text for the year from Psalm 31 and verse 24. There's a writing pad and a, a magnet for your refrigerator, and then there's a pen set with a light with the motto text on it. And uh, we have a, only, we got rid of all the, I shouldn't say get rid of, that's not a good way to put that. We gave out all of them this morning, and they're all taken care of, but there are one or two left on the back. And then I have this one, which I'll bring down and put on the back table as well. If you didn't get one this morning, you're welcome to have one of these. And I hope that as you think about them, you'll remember the motto text and be in prayer for the entire year regarding that. We're very pleased tonight that our sister Betty Wimelachandran is with us, and she's going to come now and minister in song the words from the Messiah, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And of course, when we say they're from the Messiah, they're from the book of Job, and that was a great affirmation of the faith of that Old Testament saint, for he could say, I am, I am fully aware, I know it in my heart, that his Redeemer was a living Redeemer. Sister Betty.
Well, the hope that we have as God's people is in a risen Redeemer. The fact that Christ is alive today, it is our hope. It is the joy that we possess. And what a great truth in the singing of the Scripture. Thank you, Betty, for sharing that with us today. And thank you also, Sister Hannah, uh, for playing that as well. Let's please take our hymnals and turn to number 447, 447, and we will stand to sing, Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what Thou art.
Please turn with me now tonight back to Psalm 31 that we read from this morning. While you're turning up there, let me just say a a reminder about picking up one of our daily Bible reading calendars. We still have some on the back table. And to get started today, to read through the Scriptures every day throughout the entire year, that the Lord may be ministering to us at all times. Psalm 31, beginning at the opening verse. In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in Thy righteousness. Bow down Thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be Thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me. For Thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for Thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. We'll bow before the Lord, please, in prayer. Father, we give thanks tonight for the privilege of being here in Your house to join with those of like precious faith, to lift our hearts in song and praise, to give worship, to think of the great doctrines of the Scripture put to words and music, that, O Lord, we might be able to sing unto the Lord with all our hearts. And I pray now that as the Scriptures are open, that we would know the Spirit of God working in us, opening our understanding, Lord, showing us the way we are to go and to encourage us in our life journey. Dear Father, bless us now tonight and write Your Word upon every heart. Give me strength, Lord, I pray, double portion of the Spirit in order to communicate the things of Christ faithfully so that no one would misunderstand. And Father, again we pray for that work of grace in salvation. Hear our prayer tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Well, if you were here this morning, and I know most of you were, we were in Psalm 31 as we dealt with the final verse as our motto text for this year about being of good courage and God strengthening our heart, for we are able to hope in the Lord and the great hope that we have given to us from the Scripture. I want to think tonight with you on this subject of practical steps for a new year practical steps for a new year. 
And we're going to be thinking on the words of verse 3 tonight from this psalm. For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Our sister Rhea Lewis texted me after the morning service today as I read from Psalm 31 and and spoke from that final verse. She mentioned that in the passing of her mom, they were watching the service online, and that it was her mother's favorite psalm, Psalm 31. I did not know that as I was speaking about the message this morning. Her mom's favorite psalm, she would often quote the 16th verse to the family members, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. And as I was considering the message tonight and thinking about how that was her mom's favorite psalm, it's often the case for us in our Christian journey that we land upon a particular portion of the Word and it warms our heart. And it encourages our souls because we have met with the Lord there at that place, some very special occasion in our Christian walk, and we have known special times of communion with our God. And that's why we tend to go back to those places. And that's a good habit to have. It's a good thing to return to that well where you have been drinking of the spiritual water and you have been refreshed, and to not just go back and read over it, but to commit it to your memory and to pray back those very words unto the Lord. You found at those places sweet communion. You have found special help. And as we come back, you'll find there that there have been well-anchored hooks as you are climbing up the wall of our Christian life. And we can anchor the safety line and the rope there as we are climbing in our life toward eternity. It's no wonder that Rhea's mom found such refuge in Psalm 31. It is full of gemstones. It's full of the gold of infinite wisdom, the promises of God that cannot fail. In truth, they are more to be desired than all the fine bullion of this world and of this earth. Think of the words in verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. Verse 15, my times are in thy hand. Verse 16, make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Verse 17, And verse 19, Oh, how great 
is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Verse 23, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. This morning I mentioned about the doctrine of the preservation of the saints. Well, there is one such doctrine called the perseverance of the saints, but here in verse 23, we have the preservation. And God, who is our God, is always with a watchful eye, always with a hand upon His people. He is the one who is preserving us, and He will preserve us. He will keep us unto the very end. And, of course, verse 24, Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And so as we look at this great mine of spiritual biblical wealth, verse 3 is no different. It's one more that we will add to the list tonight. For thou art my rock and my fortress, Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Here we have some practical steps for a new year, and I pray that these truths will be written on our hearts. The first thought I leave with you tonight is this our motive for service. Our motive for service for thy name's sake. This is what the psalmist David is praying for thy name's sake. What is it, dear brother and sister, that motivates us to serve our God? What is it that leads us forward? What is it that propels us in doing what we are called to do for the Master? Is it because we are being paid a sum? Is it because we feel that if we don't do it, we shall be punished? Shall we receive wrath? Do we do it and do we serve God because of some guilty feeling that if we don't do it, we will be left aside or left out? Is it because we feel that if we don't serve the Lord in some way, we will have the frown of those in other capacities in the church? Friend, all of those motives and reasons which sometimes perhaps we have been driven by, all of those are empty and void of spiritual truth. There is only one reason There is only one purpose that should call us in the service of the Master, and it is because of the name of our God. It is for the Lord's sake, His name's sake. But what does it mean when the Bible is speaking here about the name of God and for His sake? Because, my dear friends, the name of God represents who the Lord is. It represents all of His attributes, all of His character, 
all that is in the name of our God, we have been given and revealed to us in the Scripture. And we do not love the name of God separated and apart from loving the God of the name. Of course, when we say and speak of we love the name of the Lord, when we say as Jesus, as we have in the hymn, Oh, how I love the Savior's name. It's not simply the name Jesus that we love. It's not simply the name Savior that we are called to love. It is the Lord Himself. It is the God of the name. And therefore, as we come to think about what practical steps in this new year we will take in our life, we want to start off thinking about our year of service. What is it going to look like? How are we going to be motivated to keep pressing on when the going gets tough and the opposition is fierce and we feel ourselves out of steam, out of gas, out of energy, and we can't do it any further and we feel quite frankly like throwing the towel in sometimes? What will keep you going, believer, I will tell you the only thing that will keep us going in the motivation of our service, it is for the name of the Lord our God. It is in that name that we stand. It is in the authority of that name that we are going forward. Oh, how I love the Savior's name. And why is it that we love our Lord Jesus We love Him because He has first loved us. We love Him because He has gone to the cross to suffer and die in our room and place. I should have received the just wrath of God for my sin. I should have been the one nailed to that cross. I should have been the one to receive all the judgment of God upon me because I deserved it because I was worthy of it, because that was the correct wage for my sin, for the wages of sin is death. Oh, dear friends, tonight, when we think about what it is that will propel us in the service of Christ as we continue on in this journey, let it be for none other reason but for the sake of and the name of our Lord alone. Oh, the name of God, the name of Christ, it is trampled on in this world. It is discarded. It is used as a curse, frame, and word. And so easy will this world take the name of Jesus in vain, the name of our God in vain, but those same people would not take the name of Mohammed in vain because they would be afraid of getting their throat slit. But they will trample under the name of the living and the true God. But for the believer, let us not be found in the place where we are giving any kind of credence or support to those that would take the name of the Lord in vain. Oh, we are called to esteem the name of our God as highly and as greatly as we can. And as we are brought to begin this year's journey, 
And as we are thinking about how in ways we might serve Him, let us always in the background of this remember that there is the main motivation for our desire to live for our God and is that we might lift up the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name that is worthy of our service. There is no other name that is worthy of our praise and our exaltation. That name that God has exalted and lifted above every other name, Philippians chapter 2, that name that every knee will one day bow before, yes, everyone who is cursed. Now those of us who know the Lord, we will come and willingly bow before Him. Our knees will be the first to bow because we love Him. But there are those who do not know Him, who deny His existence, and have no thought nor care about the things of God at all. But one day, my friend, every knee will bow before our Lord Jesus Christ because God the Father has exalted Him above every other name. And when we think about that, remember how God the Father spoke audibly at the baptism of the Lord Jesus at the time of His transubstant... No. Transfiguration. That's the word I'm looking for. His transfiguration. And the Lord spoke from heaven and He said, This is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Oh, dear friends, let us esteem the name of our God as highly as we are possibly able to esteem that name and let that always be the driving force behind what our mission is upon this earth and what we are called to do. We want our motivation to be that which is pure and righteous and holy before the Lord. We want our motivation to be pure and right. We don't want our motivation to be anything like guilt motivation, but as we think of who we are serving and we think of the God who has done all for us, is that not enough for us to want to work for Him? Oh, friends, we think about the book of James and he tells us that faith without works is dead. He is not teaching another form of justification different from the book of Romans. Not at all. He is simply laying out in the first place and very clearly that our active service, our work for God, is not in order that we can be justified, but it's to give evidence and proof that we already have been justified. Yes, we have received of the Lord double, double grace, double blessing, And we tonight know that we have been saved by matchless grace. And so, friend, the question comes, what are we doing for the Lord in our service for Him? Is there something more that can be done? Is there a way in which the Lord can be glorified by our life? And you think to yourself, 
I don't know what I can do. I don't know if there's anything more I can do. You're not really sure. Well, the first place to start is to say, Lord, show me how I can serve You. Show me how I can get on board. Show me new doors that will open in front of me. Or the Apostle Paul was able to say there is a great door and effectual open for service. Is God opening a door for you some way, somewhere? It may be in the time of your illness, your sickness. It may be in the time when you don't have anything you can do physically, but what you can do is spiritual work. What you can do is praying work. And so, for the sake of the name of Christ, you're calling upon God the Father in His name. And you're calling upon the Lord to bless His church, to bless His ministers, to bless His missionaries. You're serving the Lord in that way, in that capacity. And don't think that's a small thing. Oh no, not in any way. This is a large weight and a full responsibility. And dear brother and sister, take that seriously before God and before the Lord. Would you notice also from our text tonight our prayer for guidance? Is this not a vital step for us? A prayer for guidance? What does the psalmist say? He says, lead me and guide me. Lead me forward and guide me. Sometimes you would think that those words are just exactly the same. And while there is much similarity, and we would often use them interchangeably, we're praying for the Lord to lead us. We're asking God to guide us. But upon closer examination, you will find that there are definite aspects of them that we could think about in our Christian life and praying for God's direction and leading and guidance. Mr. Spurgeon commented, he said, lead me as a soldier, guide me as a traveler, lead me as a babe, guide me as a man, lead me when thou art with me, but guide me even if thou be absent. Lead me by thy hand. Guide me by thy word. And there is much truth in how Mr. Spurgeon has given a nuance of meaning and an aspect of that as we come believer in our life and as we are praying for guidance every day. Don't ever let those prayers be distant from you. Never let us launch out thinking, I can do this. I know what I have to do. Even when we have a list of what appears to be basic, ordinary requirements, even the things that we would do regularly on a regular basis, and we say, well, we've done that before. What's the big deal? We can handle it again. Now, that would be a mistake. No. The purpose of of a faith walk. The purpose of a step-by-step walk of communion with God is to realize I need the Lord 
at the times of my greatest dependence on self, that's when I need need the Lord guidance more than ever I would have considered. As we pray for the Lord to go in front of us, to show us the way in which we are to walk in this life, sometimes it appears the way is clear. Sometimes when the sun is shining and there are no clouds, it seems that what could be a mistake or what could be a problem? Not long ago, I was driving on a straight stretch of road. It was clear, open on both sides, and there was no sense of where there could be an obstruction. And yet you passed by the road, and I saw one of those little crosses on the road with flowers strewn all over it. And you know what happened there. There was a car accident. There was a fatality. Someone died at that place. How could it have happened? And you wonder in your mind, what would have been the occasion that would have caused this? It's so open. It's so clear. Could someone have drifted away? Would someone have fallen asleep? And you would wonder, in going on a very straight, clear road, I can handle this. I don't need the Lord's guidance. No, you would never say you don't need it. But in the way we behave and live our life, that's exactly what we are saying. And so, dear friends, tonight, as we are thinking in our minds about mapping out and looking at some practical things to help us forward in our everyday journey of this new year, let us be sure to pray not just every day when we get up, but to be in a spirit of communication with the Lord constantly. We will know every step we put in front of another, every time we go to pick up the phone to make a call, every time you send a text or an email, may you know the guidance of God Isn't it so easy to quickly rattle things together in an email or in a text, and before you know it, you've sent the send, pushed the send button, and then you think afterwards, "Mm, maybe that wasn't a good idea. But you can't take it back. And it's so important for us as we go forward in our life in the busyness of things and so much to do and so much to accomplish. Lord, I I want to humble myself under Your mighty hand. I want to acknowledge, Lord, I need You every moment of the day. I I cannot do anything without the Lord's direction for me. And I, I pray that, and I want that for this new year for myself and my own heart. I want that for my ministry, for my life. I want that, Lord, And I pray that the Lord would keep me and guide me from the foolishness of self-dependency. Because we're all prone to that. May the Lord go in front of us, dear friends, and help us in our daily prayer, in our seeking the Lord for His direction, for His oversight, for His guidance. Do you think the Lord will not hear that prayer? Oh, oh, believer, 
the Lord hears our prayers. And when we humble ourselves and seek His face, that our lives will glorify Him in the very steps that we are taking, in the very doors that we desire to have open. Not that we put our foot against the door and try to pull it open when it's not the will of God for us. Let us be careful. And when the Lord closes a door shut, can we say, thank You, Lord, for Your guidance has been made clear. Your way has been shown to me. And therefore, now I need Your grace to be poured into my heart, to my life, so that I'll be enabled to take the next step, whatever and wherever that step may be, in God's perfect plan. A third thought for tonight is our certain protection. The opening part of verse 3, it says, For Thou art my rock and my fortress. Some folks may well wonder if David, when he was praying this prayer, had an idea of Masada, that mountain fortress It was a natural fortress that quite likely David and his men, when they were fleeing from Saul, found that to be a refuge for them. And what better idea as David is thinking about his enemies and thinking about those that hated him and then lifting up his praise to God. God is my strong rock. He is the fortress and the refuge of my soul and I will flee there. And in a physical sense, did he know some protection? Ah, but there was something much more here for him. We might not have a Masada in a physical sense to go to in Israel, but we have something much better. We have the refuge of our God. We have the One who holds all of this world in His hand. Can we trust in Him? Can we rest in Him? That's what Hannah did, you know. Not this Hannah, but probably this Hannah as well would do that. But the Hannah that we read about in Samuel today, yes, she did not have a child. She was mocked. And she went to the Lord and she brought her burden in prayer. And God heard her prayer and answered. And she rejoiced And not just would she have one child, Samuel, but she would have other children after him as well. For God was the one who used that circumstance in the life of Hannah to reveal His greater power and purpose for her. And He revealed that through her going to prayer, being without a child, then God giving that to her, and the whole song of praise that comes to the surface as a result of that, God is my rock, she exclaims. God is my fortress. God is my sure foundation when I have no other foundation and everything else seems to have gone from me. The Lord remains. And He is for me. And by His grace, I am for Him. And we're able to say, 
God is the one who lifts up, and the Lord is the one who puts down. And the heart of the king is in the hand of God, and he turns it wherever he wills. And the Lord is the one who is for the Christian the strongest protection that we could hope to have. He is my rock. He is my protection and my fortress. In Psalm 46 and verse 1, David again prays, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though everything we see around us is gone or dissolved and washed away, yet I have nothing to fear, because God is my constant, strong, unmovable foundation that will stand the test of time. And He will certainly stand the test of this incoming year because He has always proven Himself a strong fortress. He has always proven Himself there for us. And think back, Christian, even in the experiences of our life when we thought for a moment that God was not there, when we were not able to see Him, we were not able to be conscious of His nearness with us, yet we find by looking back, oh yes, He was there. He was in the shadow. He was there overseeing and directing and guiding all the events and circumstances that are around us. And even right now, friend, when you may not understand and you cannot see, yet can you trust and can you rest and to know that your God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is there as your keeper, as your strength, as your support, as your great protection, my rock and my fortress. And I close and leave this last thought with you. We have not only the motive for our service, and the prayer for guidance, and the certain protection, but we have a guarantee, a guarantee of success. I'm varying from the text here a little bit, wandering out, because I could not help but think, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.28. And do we not have the guarantee of success in our life? No matter what pathway we're called to walk on, no matter what the journey will take us from and to, we know we're going toward our redemption and our eternal reward. And there is for the child of God great success, and we can rest in that tonight in the busyness of life. As the days start again in the workplace tomorrow or next week, as the case may be, as school begins again, as we get back into all of the work and the regular pattern and format of behavior and operation, sometimes we can become weary even in well-doing. Ah, but the Lord says, that's not to be our case. Why would we not be weary in well-doing? Because we have the guarantee we are going to be successful. 
For he that has begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And He will bring it to pass. So if God be for us tonight, who can be against us? It's such a question that has an obvious answer. No one could be against us and prosper. No one will be against us and win and take away from us the success that is guaranteed to us in God's holy and precious Word. Believer, let our hope be well grounded and secure in the mighty fortress that we have of our God and our Lord tonight. And friend, what about it if you're not saved? You've begun a new year without Christ. You're watching online tonight. What is your hope? Outside of Christ, you have no hope. You have nothing to look forward to except a lost eternity. And I exhort you tonight, young and old, that you would flee to the Lord Jesus. Call upon Him. You will find Him open and ready to receive you that you will know the joy of sins forgiven, the joy of knowing Him as your Savior, that you might walk in peace and fellowship and knowing that heaven is your home for eternity. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Dear Lord, tonight, take this Word and so impress its truth upon our hearts. Whatever stage we are at, whatever juncture of the journey, Lord, keep our eyes fastened upon the Savior as pilgrims bound for the heavenly land. Let us not lose sight of our Lord and Savior. Hear our prayers tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our meeting. Number 619. 619. A shelter in the time of storm. For the Lord's our rock. In Him we hide. That shelter in a time of storm. Let's stand please to sing.
take us to our homes tonight in safety and in this incoming week. Let us rest in the promises of Holy Scripture. Go before us, Lord. Part us now with Thy grace, the love, the mercy, and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we ask in His precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you.